0: DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but also America's top-rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook. It's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, and nearly limitless ways to get in on all the action. My friends and family have been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will, too. Just listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. That's right, pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1, and if that team wins, you will win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code TBPN when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. Bet on the basketball team of your choice to win their next game, and if they do, you will claim $100 in free credits. That's promo code TBPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older in New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania. New customers only. Wager paid out in site credits. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER for an Indiana 1-800-9-WITH-IT. What's up, what's up, what's up, basketball fans? Welcome to another episode of L.A. Courtside, a podcast brought to you by the Basketball Podcast Network. And I am your host, L.A. Ray, again, here to talk about the L.A. Clippers and their 116-102 to victory last night over the Phoenix Suns. And that song you just heard by Queen, another one, Bites the Dust. I think that song is appropriate right now not for the fact that the clippers have beaten the phoenix suns in this seven game series already of course they have not they are down 3 games to 2 but doesn't it look like doesn't it look like the writing's on the wall doesn't it look like this team is destined destined to win and make it out of the western conference and end up playing either milwaukee or atlanta i mean they beat the dallas mavericks after being down you know, they bit the dust. Then they beat the Utah Jazz after being down 0-2, one four games in a row. They bit the dust. And now you have the Phoenix Suns, who were up three games to one. Now it's three games to two. Clippers look like they have momentum on their side. The next game is in a Staples Center. If they win that game, of course, it goes to a game seven. And anything can happen in a game seven. And this team, the Clippers I'm referring to, is just showing so much resiliency it's really unreal what they're doing. You know, first in the middle of the season, they lose Serge Ibaka. Then they lose uh, Kawhi Leonard. And now they've lost Ivica Zubak. And we don't know how long he's going to be out. He has a sprained knee is what they're calling it right now. And they don't know how long he's going to be out. And he's been playing actually good basketball. Zubak I'm referring to. He's been playing good basketball. So now what happens? They just, tightly Lue just adjusts, and he puts in a different starting five, and they just keep rolling along. Before I even knew that Zubak was injured, I was advocating for Terrence Mann to be in the starting lineup ahead of Marcus Morris because Marcus Morris had not been shooting well lately, and he had the hobbled knee. So I was advocating for the lineup of Patrick Beverly, Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Terrence Mann in the starting lineup, along with Zubac. And then Zubac gets hurt, so they put Terrence Mann and Marcus Morris in the starting lineup. What does Marcus Morris do? He scores 13 points in the first quarter, went on to score 22 points, nine out of 16 from the field, two of five from beyond the arc, played very, very well. Plus 20 in the plus minus column, second only to Reggie Jackson. I mean, he set the tone. Early in the first quarter for the Clippers in which they outscored Phoenix 36 to 26. They raced out to a 20, I believe it was 20 to five lead up by like 15 points. And, you know, Phoenix was going to make a run and they started chipping away and chipping away. But the uh, Clippers finished the quarter strong and still outscored Phoenix by 10 points in that first quarter. And Marcus Morris, senior, senior, set the tone. He pretty much set the tone for that whole game. Then after that, the the rest of the squad just kicked it into high gear. Really? Paul George. I mean, what can you say? What can you say? It's almost like vindication for Paul George. Uh, No one can really say anything negative about Paul George pretty much anymore, including myself. I was kind of hard on a guy after the uh, Denver debacle in the bubble last year when Paul George did not play well. And when he sort of threw Doc Rivers under the bus a little bit by saying that he didn't think that he was being played properly and things like that. But that's all water under the bridge. Now, hey, anybody can be wrong. That's for doggone sure. And I was definitely wrong about Paul George. Not not the fact that he's not a very, very good player. Borderline superstar, actually. My thing was he just did not show up in those playoffs. But in these playoffs, if they were to give an MVP right now for any, uh, any player on the four teams that's left over, Paul George would be that MVP. Win or lose. I mean, last night, this, this kid was just on fire, man, in fuego. 41 minutes. And again, I mentioned in my last episode, he has like 150 more minutes than the next closest player on any of these teams that's left in the playoffs. 41 minutes. 15 out of 20 from the field. 15 of 20. Think about that. Let that resonate. Let that sink in. 15 out of 20. A lot of those were pull-up jumpers. Three-pointers. He was three of six from beyond beyond the arc. Eight of eight free throws. Did not miss a free throw. And the kid also had 13 rebounds. Led the team in rebounding. And by them uh, going to the small ball lineup, well, they don't have a choice now but to go small ball until they put uh, Boogie Cousins in there. But somebody has to lead the team in rebounding, and their superstar, Paul George, is leading that effort. 13 rebounds, 6 assists. Led the team in that category as well. 3 steals. Led the team in that category as well. The only negative you can say about Paul George last night is that he had 6 turnovers. And hell, I can't even criticize that too much. With all the minutes that he's played, he's bound to get tired. It was a little lax of days ago with the ball a couple of times. You know, a couple of turnovers here and there that he probably wanted to take back. You know, a couple of fouls that he may have wanted to take back. But overall, you know, with that stat line, even the six turnovers, he'll take that. Yeah, the coaching staff will take that. Hell, I'll take that. The guy is just playing out of his mind. He's on a mission, on a mission to prove everybody wrong. All the negative things that everyone had to say about Paul George, all the naysayers out there. All the NBA pundits who uh was just putting this guy down. He's proving them all wrong. And kudos to Paul George. Hey, I call him like I see him, baby. You know, the guys he's proving people wrong and, and I commend him for that. He's playing outstanding, outstanding basketball. The leader of this team. And you know, without Kawhi Leonard, it's it's very difficult, but he's doing it. He's doing it. So it's surprising a lot of people. Reggie Jackson continues to play stellar basketball. I mean, this guy, you know, he had a couple of threes in the in the uh, fourth quarter. He was 4 or 7 overall from beyond the arc. 8 out of 14 overall. He played 38 minutes, scored 23 points plus 21 in the plus minus column, leading the team. Again, as I mentioned, I've may sound like a broken record, but somebody better get out the checkbook. If you want Reggie Jackson, get the checkbook ready, start putting some zeros at the end of those other numbers. And you're going to have to pay this guy, whether Steve Ballmer or somebody else. It should be the Clippers. That's somebody that you should keep. But whoever gets seen, you're going to have to pay. I mean, they're starting to call this guy. They're starting to call him uh, Mr. June. You know, sort of like a spinoff after Mr. October or Reggie Jackson or somebody like that. Uh, Reggie Jackson, the baseball player. But uh, this Reggie Jackson is Mr. June and he's playing like it. He's playing like a big time. I mean, he's balling out Marcus Morris senior. As I mentioned, 39 minutes. He looked pretty good on that knee. He didn't look as hobbled as he had in the last couple of games. And it showed nine out of 16 overall, as I mentioned, uh, two of five from beyond the arc scored 22 points. 13 of them was in the uh, first quarter. Got played outstanding basketball. And then you throw in a Patrick Beverly, who he actually hit a three-point shot as well. Any offense you get out of Patrick Beverly is a bonus. Three or six from the field, seven points. Not concerned about how many points he scores at all. As long as he continues to play that bulldog defense like he's been doing, then he is an asset on the floor, for sure. He is definitely an asset on the floor. He gets under the skin of players. You know, he's one of those guys, you know, guys, when you played basketball back in the day on the asphalt, You know, everybody's picking teams. You got five on five. And then everybody starts uh, picking the guy that you want to guard. And, you know, say, hey, I'll I'll guard this guy or I'll take that guy over there. If Patrick Beverly is on that court outside on that asphalt and he looks at you and says that L.A. Ray kid right there. Yeah, I'll guard him. I'm gonna be like, damn, I'll be damn. I got to have this dude guard me. Anybody but him, because you know why? He's going to make me work. Any baskets that I get is going to make me work for it hard. It's going to make you work hard for it. It's going to be all under your skin, all under your skin. You know, his sweat is going to be on your sweat. You know, nobody likes guys like that guarding them, not even professional basketball players. You know, they may say, hey, I take on all challenges and things like that. And for the most part that they do. But deep down inside, a guy like Devin Booker, yeah, you know, he would rather for Terrence Mann to guard him or or, or Reggie Jackson. You know, he looks at Patrick Beverly, and he's probably thinking, damn, damn, Patrick Beverly again. Oh, my God. And you see Devin Booker, he's not shooting the ball like lights out type of shooting. Last night, he was 9 out of 22. That's not too bad. Not too bad. He scored 31 points. Now, and that's that's a large amount of points. So he had a decent game. But he worked for those points. He worked for all of those points. Played 43 minutes. Notice he had that mask back on, too. Remember in the last game, he took it off at halftime? For some reason, he put it back on in this particular game. Not sure. Maybe he got bumped in the nose in the uh, fourth game or something like that. But he did have that mask back on. So the nose must be bothering him a little bit. Chris Paul, you know, he's playing okay. He scored 22 points, 8 out of 19 from the field. He was a minus 15 in the plus-minus column, though. He had 8 assists. Not too bad. But only 8 out of 19 from the field. 0 oh, of 6 from behind the arc. So he's not shooting well from uh, from behind behind the arc. Played 36 minutes. But overall, they're doing a, a a decent job on those guards. On Chris Paul and Devin Booker. About as best as you can do on them. Ayton did not have a dominating game like he had in the previous games. Or in the previous games, he played 37 minutes this particular game. 5 out of 9 from the field. Only scored 10 points. And he had 11 rebounds. And remember in my last episode I was mentioning they needed to do something to try to keep him off the boards. As the last game, I believe he had 16 or 17 rebounds, something around there, had like maybe 10 offensive rebounds. So the Clippers actually went small. Zubak wasn't playing. And he only had 11 rebounds. Now, one of the reasons why is the, the Clippers, of course, shot better from the field. As opposed to that last debacle, that 84-80 loss, that debacle, that terrible game when they were breaking glass, as I mentioned in my last episode, where they only shot 32, 33% from the field. This particular game, they were 54%, 54 54.8, might as well say 55% from the field. In the previous game, they were 16% from three-point range. In this particular game, they were 33%. And then as far as the free throws go in the last game, they were 62 percent or so this game. They were 93 percent. So overall, the Clippers shot much better from the field, which which actually limited the amount of rebounds that Aiden would have uh, gobbled up. But they still did a a pretty good job on Aiden. And again, they only uh, they limited him to only. 10 points. Cameron Johnson is, a, is another guy coming off the bench for the Suns who is pretty good. Cameron Johnson from North Carolina. He played 23 minutes with five or six from the floor, three or three from beyond the arc for 14 points. He played pretty well. The other Cameron, Cameron Payne, the one I call Cameron Payne in the ass, uh, since he have that, uh, had that ankle injury, I believe he may have gotten that in the third game or maybe the third game. And um, it seems like that may be still bothering him a little bit. He only scored five points. He only played 13 minutes. So the ankle must be bothering him a little bit. And yeah, I guess that's good for the Clippers. Again, I don't like to see players injured. You know, I want to see Kawhi back. I want to see Cameron Payne at full health, uh, Zubox and Nabaka and anybody else that's injured in these playoffs. You want to see everyone at full strength, but it is what it is. So, um, Cameron Payne is uh, has not been playing well these last couple of games, and that may be due to the ankle injury that he suffered a couple of ga- games ago. Boogie Cousins, who's really the only other big that the Clippers have that they can bring off the bench, played very well. 11 minutes in 11 minutes, he was seven out of 12 from the field. 15 points. He even stripped Chris Paul of the uh, of the ball on one occasion, but. He was uh, 7 out of 12, 15 points, 11 minutes. Hey, maybe they should play him a few more minutes. So he's going to be a valuable guy coming off the bench if Zubac is not able to come back and play. So, again, you look at this Clippers team and the way Ty Lue is just, uh, just moving on and, you know, somebody gets injured. You know, we always say the next man up. Next man up. It's almost like a cliche nowadays. But for this Clippers team, it's really apropos to say that. This next man up. Now, I don't think they can suffer any more injuries with anybody from this point moving forward and expect to win. But uh, right now, there's, they're playing with so much confidence. It's, it's, it's truly amazing. It's truly amazing the way that they're playing. And again, if they win that next game in the Staples Center, game number six, it's anybody's game in game number seven. I think the uh, pressure would actually be more on Phoenix than it would be on the Clippers. You don't find too many teams that come back from uh, a 3-1 hole in the NBA to win a playoff series. I don't have the numbers. I'm sure it may have happened a few times, but it doesn't happen all that often. And the, the pressure will be on the Phoenix Suns playing at home in front of their fans and playing this Clipper team that, you know, seems to never die. You know, they have that another one bites the dust attitude. And it may be playing in the mind of the Phoenix Suns, like, hey, you know, they came back against Dallas. They came back against Utah. Now we had them down, and here they are, tied three games apiece if they win tomorrow night. And now what are we going to do? So it's going to be very, very interesting if they win that game tomorrow night. I'm telling you now, the city of Los Angeles, the Clipper fans, Clipper nation, Clipper holics, the Clip join, they're going to be going nuts in Los Angeles if the Clippers win that game tomorrow night and if they so happen to make it to the NBA Finals. It's just going to be a huge, huge party. And the monkey is going to be off the proverbial back of the Los Angeles Clippers. So Clipper fans, just keep the faith. That's all I can tell you. Keep the faith, man, because this team is resilient. They are showing a lot of moxie, a lot of moxie. I mean, Reggie Jackson, going back to him, I mean, this guy is just fearless. He's fearless. He's like, it's like he's playing with house money. He only signed the one year NBA minimum contract. Minimum. Reggie Jackson, it's like Paul George. Him and Paul George are like buds, best buds. And it's like he talked him into even coming back to play. And this guy is playing like one of the best guards in the league. He leads all. Uh, uh, playoff performers and three-point shots made in these playoffs. I mean, he's draining them from from deep. I mean, from deep. I remember when Reggie Jackson was in Detroit uh, playing for the Pistons, Uh, he wasn't quite playing this well. You know, he was okay. He was just okay, but he wasn't playing this well. But now this guy, he must have found something. He, He got some newfound confidence from somewhere, and he's just balling out, balling out big time. So kudos to Ty Lu and his coaching staff and um, kudos and congratulations, by the way, for Chauncey Billups getting the coaching job for the um, Portland Trailblazers. I think he'll be a nice addition. You know, it's about time you give a guy like that a chance to uh, be a coach as opposed to, you know, hiring all these former coaches, you know, reclamation projects like Mike D'Antoni, you know, all those type, you know, Stan Van Gundy out in New Orleans after one year. But I digress. That's another subject for another day. But just wanted to uh, congratulate Chauncey Billups on uh, finally getting a head coaching shot. But Ty Lu, Ty Lue is proving that uh, proving that he's the better fit as coach um, in place of Doc Rivers. I mean, hey, it's, the proof is in the pudding. I mean, Ty Lue is pulling all the strings. They're behind the eight ball, been behind the eight ball since the playoffs started. Injuries just mounting up. Ty Lue just keeps rolling. He's rolling with the punches. Hey, another cliche, one game at a time. Let's just go out and get this one game. Keep it going. So we'll see. We'll see if uh, the Clippers can keep this up. Personally, I think they can. I think they will for sure win that game in the Staples Center. And then it'll be all about game seven uh, in a few days in the Valley. Uh, Segment number two, just want to briefly talk about the other series, Milwaukee and Atlanta. Game number four is in Atlanta tonight, and Milwaukee is up two games to one in that series. I'm pretty sure that Trey Young is going to be playing. Uh, It's unfortunate that in that last game, he stepped on the referee's foot. I mean, referee, get the hell out the way, man. You saw the guy was kind of backing up. The referee just stood there, didn't even move, you know, like a... Statue of Liberty or something like that man get the hell out the way you know he stepped on the guy's foot sprained his ankle so not sure how bad it is but let's hope Trey Young is playing tonight I'm pretty sure he will and uh, Atlanta has a chance to tie this thing up at two games apiece so that'll be a very interesting series moving forward as well personally I think Atlanta is going to upset Milwaukee especially if Trey Young is healthy and also because I just don't like the Milwaukee Bucks I don't particularly care for the Greek freak, and it's funny how when he goes to the free throw line in Atlanta, the crowd in Atlanta starts counting to 10, you know, one, two, three, four, you know, supposedly you're supposed to shoot the ball before 10 seconds, and they always get to like 12 or 13 before he shoots the ball, I think that's pretty funny, but I don't particularly care too much for Milwaukee, so I'm kind of rooting for Atlanta to win that series uh, there, so that should be uh, pretty interesting moving forward. So with that, basketball fans, Clipper Clipperholics, Clipper Nation, the Clip Joint, going to leave it right there. I'd like to thank you all for listening. Uh, most of all, I'd like to thank the Basketball Podcast Network for putting on this uh, this uh, podcast. Also, like to thank DraftKings.com, our sponsor. If you want to play some bets on any of these games that's left over, or you can bet on baseball, you can bet on hockey, just go to DraftKings.com, put in promo code TBPN and get in on all of the action. And with that, I'm going to leave it there. Again, thank you all for listening. And lastly, if you want to subscribe to this podcast, if you like the content, whatever platform that you get your podcast from, whether it's Google, Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, Stitcher, I'm sorry, iHeartRadio, make sure you go to one of those platforms and subscribe, comment, rate, and review. I'd really appreciate it and with that again thank you all for listening and until the next episode after game 6 the day after game 6 with the uh, with the clippers peace